It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The fact is, you can't look at that television and say, nothing happened on the 6th. You can't listen to people who say this was a peaceful march. No, I'm serious. Think about it. Think of the things being said. Yeah, to think about it. Let's think about it. Well, you know what? Joe Biden has enough, uh, you know, brain power, enough brain cells still working uh, that he he gets it. He can just move right along with the left. Uh, how could you possibly look at the footage of January 6th and think that there wasn't a real problem? Well, of course, no one has said there wasn't a problem on January the 6th. No one said that. Uh, but the problem is that the Capitol Hill police have refused to release something like 14 thousand hours of video. They have hand-selected the video that you have seen that has been horrific, and it is. I'm sure there are a lot of bad things that happened that day that need to be accounted for, but what about the other 14,000 hours? I think the fact is that they have found that most of the people that went on that day were peaceful, uh, as were typical uh, President Trump supporters who love their country, and did nothing, but uh, they don't care about that because they're prosecuting them anyway. All right, so lots of things are happening, and uh, I want to give you just an overview as best I can today. Uh, you know that Nancy Pelosi had appointed a January 6th commission. I have to say, personally, I was not happy about Republicans cooperating with that anyway. But what did she do? Well, she appointed, as her two choices, she appointed Liz Cheney uh, and the Congressman Adam Kinzinger from Illinois. <laughs> She was going to have Republicans represented. She she was able to appoint nine, and Kevin McCarthy was supposed to appoint five. So she chose the Democrats. She chose Adam Schiff, and I'm not sure who else. You know, the Jamie Raskin, both of them rabid leftists, you know. Do I need to explain? And so uh, Jim Jordan appointed, among others, Jim Banks and um, and Jim Jordan. Jim Banks is a naval officer. He served in Afghanistan. Uh, he's a strong Trump supporter. Uh, Jim Jordan, of course, is the ranking member in the Judiciary Committee, which would be the technically the committee over this whole procedure. But what happened with Nancy Pelosi last night? Well, she said she decided she would not accept Jim Banks or Jim Jordan on the January 6th commission. No, we can't have that. And so Liz Cheney, uh, in full form last night, went before the microphone to explain why she thinks Nancy Pelosi is right about this decision. Clip three. The rhetoric that we have heard from the minority leader is disingenuous. Uh, the attack on this building uh, on January 6th was the worst attack on this Capitol uh, since 1814. It was an attack on our Constitution. Today, the Speaker objected to two Republican members 
She accepted three others. She objected to two, one of whom may well be a material witness to events that led to that day, that led to January 6th. Uh, I uh, agree with what the Speaker has done. I uh, agree with what the Speaker said. What happened to Liz Cheney? I mean, who who took over her body? She's an alien that I don't recognize. Uh, and so, yeah, we need an investigation. So now Nancy Pelosi's committee will be completely partisan, all Democrats except for Liz Cheney. Uh, and Jim Jordan can't push back on the guys and the gals that are in prison in D.C. Uh, not even charges are not even formal against them. They're being held in pretrial detention and solitary confinement. That doesn't bother Liz Cheney. Uh, well, there's so much to say about this, and I, I want I want to uh, move right on. Jim Banks was on last night. I think Laura Ingram, and uh, again, he's the congressman from Indiana that was booted off, or re, uh, that Nancy Pelosi refused to seat on the committee, and this is what he had to say. This was a political sham from the very beginning. I called the chairman yesterday and told him I looked forward to working with him. I had a few questions for him about what Republicans would be allowed to do if we, if we could call our own witnesses. Some tough questions for him. He hemmed and hauled, and now today I understand why. They never intended to work with us to begin with. This, this was a political sham from the beginning. They proved it. Today, they knew that Jim Jordan and I would ask the tough questions that they didn't want to answer about the, the systemic breakdown of security at the Capitol on January 6th. And ultimately, who's responsible for that? The Speaker of the House. They don't want to go there. They knew we were going to ask the tough questions, and that's why they blocked us from the committee. Well, some of those tough questions are be like, what happened to that thousands, what those thousands of hours of uh, video that you have on January 6th inside? Why, why can't the public see it, and why can't defense attorneys, for the people that are being held in D.C. jails, why can't they use that in their defense? Why, why the secret? Why can't we know? Oh, and by the way, who killed Ashley Babbitt? Who, who in, in this age where every policeman is under so much scrutiny uh, of every shooting, uh, he gets doxxed, his home, I'm not saying this should happen, but that's the contrast that we know where they live, we know their names, we know their children, that they are now in danger of their lives if they kill, most of the time, a black person. But uh, in this case, a Capitol policeman, we think, I don't know. Some have speculated maybe it was part of uh, Nancy Pelosi's detail. We don't know. How will we know? Because they won't tell us. We saw him, we saw his suit, we saw his arm, we saw him shoot Ashley Babbitt, who was unarmed. Um, and regardless of what she was doing, she wasn't doing anything that was imminently dangerous. And so uh, he shot her and killed her. And that was the only fatality, uh, that was the only violent gun violence that took place on that day. And, of course, the rest of it was fabricated. But anyway, so who, who killed Ashley Babbitt? We'd like to know that. And I bet Jim Jordan might have asked that and uh, Banks might have asked it. And also, what role did the FBI play? Why? Why were they, why did they have, we know they had people infiltrating, like Oath Keepers and other places, and we have reason to believe that maybe they ginned some of this up. Well, we should know that, shouldn't we? Because uh, American patriots, Amer um, okay, Americans, I'll leave off the patriots, Americans uh, went to the Capitol on January the 6th, went to the Capitol, meaning Washington, D.C., to support President Trump. He was the president then. And some of them went into the Capitol. Were they, were they breaking the law? Were they rioters? Were they insurrectionists? We should know. That footage should tell us, shouldn't it? We should have a full picture. And that's what maybe Jim Banks and Jim Jordan might have asked for. And uh, so they can't be on that committee.
And so I want to remind you also, do you remember that Nancy Pelosi fired the head of the Capitol Police, the chief? I think his name is Stephen Sun. And you will recall that before January 6th, when he saw it coming, he realized that lots of people were going to descend on D.C. Because we knew that. The president was going to have a rally, and uh, Trump supporters were going to go. He knew that, so he asked for the National Guard. And what happened? Well, someone said no. And so when January 6th unfolded, and there was, according to those of you listening who called in on January the 7th when we talked about it, there was such a small police presence what did the Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun do? Well, five times. He sent out urgent requests for help. Please help. 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 We need help. We need National Guard. We need whatever. And no one responded. The sergeant of arms uh, who works, you know, she he's joined hand in glove with the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, did nothing. Why is that? We think we might want to know from that commission why they told everyone to stand down when they knew thousands of people were going to descend on the Capitol, then there might need to be a presence there to prevent anything from happening. Why did they do that? Uh, so, um, but, but to move on with these clips, because I want you to hear what people are saying. Uh, in uh, clip seven, Kevin McCarthy uh, decided yesterday, and God bless him, I'm surprised because he's generally not very strong. But he said, if uh, Nancy Pelosi does not seat all the Republicans, they will not participate in the commission, except for Liz Cheney, of course. Uh, but Kevin McCarthy spoke last night along with Laura Ingram. Let's listen to what he had to say, clip seven. For six months, Pelosi has played nothing but politics with this. The Senate had two bipartisan committees to investigate this and already put out two reports. They knew on December 14th there was a problem. The people in charge of parking knew more than the individuals they did to try to protect the Capitol Police. The National Guard were in Washington, D.C., but were not allowed on the Capitol. They had them correcting parking or traffic instead of being at the Capitol. Who made that decision why they couldn't be there? When we had a 9-11 commission, they didn't look at just what happened on 9-11. They looked at what built up to 9-11. That's what we requested. Let's understand what built up through the summer when the riots were going on and the National Guard were there and Nancy Pelosi was criticizing because they were, they were at the Lincoln Memorial protecting it. Was there a decision made by the Speaker not to have the National Guard at the Capitol that day? When they found the IEDs earlier in the day, why didn't they bring the FBI in and others? Why were the riot gear stuck in a bus, locked in a bus, away from the Capitol Police officers who needed them? They put them in harm's way. And why is this speaker so afraid of the tough questions? Yeah, why is that? Well, she won't get them now because no one's going to be on that committee to uh, ask the hard questions. It will be a rubber stamp uh, Banana Republic committee. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable, but I guess... More unbelievable things are becoming believable because we're moving into the Cuba, Venezuela, China revolution uh, mode, you know, where all the rules are thrown out. Normal things don't apply. Jim Jordan, by the way, his statement as a re to, in response to this was Speaker Pelosi just admitted the obvious that the January 6th Select Committee is nothing more than a partisan political charade. All right, so... Um, Oh, just so one, one last thing I was going to tell you about that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has asked a police officer to testify. I think he's the first. He's a Capitol Police officer. His name is Harry Dunn. And uh, uh, Tucker Carlson was talking about him last night. They tracked his social media. He's a rabid leftist. He, he's a racist. He said something about leave it to whites to tell us about racism. 
Uh, and there's a lot of other posts that I don't have time to read, but he's going to testify. <laughs> he's the typical uh, Capitol policeman. Uh, he, and then uh, Tucker showed a picture of him standing with his arm around Nancy Pelosi, so they, they must be buddies. Meanwhile, Jim Banks was putting his, you know, doing his homework on this. And last night, I'll let you hear one last thing. He was on with Laura Ingram, and he talked about what he was planning on doing. Let's listen. Nobody has answered to this day. No Democrat has been willing to go where we wanted to go, which was to ask the questions about why uh, why on January 6th we were so ill-prepared for something that for a tragic incident that happened at the Capitol. When we knew three weeks prior to January 6th, we had intelligence that told us something was going to happen that day. I, I met with the head of the Capitol Police Union today, Laura, and I talked to him about his views on January 6th. He said they were ill. They, they weren't uh, they weren't prepared for that day by their leadership. They weren't equipped and given the right equipment uh, to take care of what, what would happen on that day. They weren't trained for what happened that day. I, I called on Benny Thompson, the chairman of the of this committee, to bring the head of the Capitol Police Union to the hearing next Tuesday and hear from him, someone who represents the rank and file Capitol Police officers. They don't want to go there because they know that if they go there and ask If we would have asked those tough questions at the end of the day, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, is responsible for that lack of leadership, the systemic breakdown of security at the Capitol. They don't want to talk about it. Okay, so uh, you always want to know, I know when we talk about this, what can you do? And so let me tell you something very practical. Next Tuesday, Congressman Louis Gohmert is is leading the charge uh, in a visit to the D.C. jail. He's taking staff and he's inviting congressmen to go with him. So I, how do I know this? Because I know stuff. And so uh, this is the deal. How about you contact your congressperson and ask them to go with Louis Gohmert to the D.C. jail and observe and inspect next Tuesday? That's an assignment that would be worthy today. Call their home office and say, we want you to go. Just tell them, we want you to go. You've got to go. You've got to These guys, if you have to include a... Uh, One of Julie Kelly's articles from American Greatness on what's happening with these uh, prisoners, that would be a good thing to do. Don't make it too too complicated, though. But demand that they go. Demand that they go and hold the D.C. jail accountable. Um, I got an email from Peggy. She says she's been trying to do this, that she can't ever hear anybody back. She just leaves voicemails. Uh, It always is electronic. She's talking about Tom Cotton's office, local and in D.C., what can I do? I'd say go to that local office anyway. Take your friends. Do what you're planning to do, Peggy, uh, and uh, and let your voice be heard. And I I wouldn't, you know, don't give up just because they're avoiding us. And I don't know why Tom Cotton would be avoiding it. Maybe he's just too busy. But this needs to come before him and his attention. I'll be right back. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope and I saw his heart beating on the screen and knowing that there's life growing inside I mean that sonogram changed my life I went from just Candace to mom thank you to everybody that has given these gifts you guys are giving more than money you guys are giving love there are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. 
The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. There is a missing man table at Naval Air Facility at Sugi in Japan. The POW-MIA table is a tradition often found in military dining halls honoring missing service members and prisoners of war. According to Navy instruction, the table settings must include certain symbolic items like an empty chair and a single rose. The table also includes a Bible, and that has apparently triggered a number of sailors. The Military Religious Freedom Foundation fired off a letter to the base commander demanding the Bible be removed. The MRFF claims to represent thousands of Christian service members who allegedly get triggered by public displays of their own faith. They say the inclusion of a Bible excludes any sailor who is not white, straight, or of the Christian faith. The military says they're investigating. To remove the Bible is to desecrate the missing man table. That cannot and must not happen, but it probably will, because there's no room at the table in President Biden's Pentagon for people of faith. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. It's fine if you don't choose to get vaccinated. You may not come to work. You may not have access to a situation where you're going to put my grandchildren in jeopardy, where you might kill them. That was a former HHS secretary under Barack Obama, Kathleen Sebelius from Kansas, uh, so, you know, you if you don't get vaccinated, she says, you won't be able to, well, do anything. Go to work because you should not be around people. And uh, so the clamps are coming down. I just read this morning that the uh, the Biden administration is now thinking about, uh, you know, uh, let's see, I'm, i got to choose the right words. The, my impression was that they want everyone to wear masks again, whether you're vaccinated or not. They're just, you know, you're going to... There's this thing happening, and uh, we can't explain it. And so um, we, you know, they want us to mask again. They haven't made a, a uh, they haven't, de- where are my notes here? They haven't uh, declared that yet, but that's uh, what they're talking about doing again, just so that you know. Yeah, here we go. This is my, here are my notes. Um, there are, a, there are a lot of things happening on uh, COVID 
on vaccines, on masking around the country, and I've gotten so many email from you. So I'm going to try to make it as clear as I can. I I am concerned about some things. Um, here it is. The White House is uh, ways pushing masks as COVID cases increase. Well, why are the COVID cases increasing? With all these people vaccinating, of course, they're telling us that it's because it's a it's a what a what do they call it? A, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But we find out that's not true. I played you, played you a clip yesterday of a British uh, a spokesman for the British medical system saying that 60 percent. Now, he said 60. He corrected it later, said, oh, no, I meant 40 without giving any kind of facts or information or spreadsheets. Uh, he got a lot of blowback when he said that 60 percent of the covid patients in hospitals in Great Britain uh, had been vaccinated twice. Okay, so that's a bit of a problem. And I also want to add this other story that came out this morning. This this is in the Epoch Times. Spike in death reports following COVID-19 vaccination caused by a mistake, says the CDC. A sudden jump in the post-COVID-19 vaccination death reports is not correct and was the result of an error. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Friday said a passive reporting system it runs with the FDA, had received 12,313 reports of death among those who received the vaccine. That was a sharp increase from the previous number of reports, which was 6,779. The jump would have effectively doubled the percentage, but a CDC spokesperson told the Epoch Times, the Epoch Times, that's the way they say it, the number the agency has displayed on its website, it's not correct. It's, it's not. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. We checked our stats and, and really, no, no, that's a mistake. I don't know if it's a mistake or not because, you know what, how are we to believe? How are we to believe what they're talking about? How can we trust them? This whole system they've set up, they call it VARS, is a completely voluntary, and we know it's an under-reporting mechanism in any case. Um, and uh, so trying to decide if I want to, you know, I know what I want to do next. Uh, Mitch McConnell was asked yesterday at a press conference, lots of things going on in D.C., but I I kind of ignore them because, uh, you know, kind of I'm at the who cares point. But I would say that Senate Republicans uh, used the filibuster to block debate on the $1.2 trillion infrastructure deal. So good for them. They blocked it. Good for Mitch McConnell using that procedure until they do away with the procedure. I think they're going to bring it up again on Monday, so don't get too excited about that. But uh, he did do he did lead the block, and he needs to be given credit for that. But I guess in the course of uh, doing a press conference, probably in relationship to that, he was asked a different question about vaccines. And uh, let's listen, clip eight. Get vaccinated. Leader, Leader McConnell, on that note, there the, the Republican governor of Utah said this weekend, that conservative talking heads are, quote, literally killing their supporters. Um, would you speak out against people who are actually speaking out against well, the vaccine? I don't know how I could be any more clear than I have been. I've been saying the same thing about vaccinations all along the way. Others can say whatever they choose to say, but this is something I think I'm a good example of, something I know the answer to. It is not at all unclear that the way to avoid getting back in the hospital is to get vaccinated. And I want to encourage everybody to do that and to ignore all of these other voices that are giving demonstrably bad advice. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe they are, and maybe they aren't. You know, how can we know? Who can we trust? It's interesting because, you know, since my husband, uh, in case someone's listening that didn't hear us say earlier, uh, was in the hospital with COVID pneumonia uh, about 10 days ago, I put him in the, I took him to the emergency room. We've had quite a week, uh, quite a 10 days. And so uh, we, you know, we've been personally touched by this. So you might wonder, because we do too. Bruce and I have, you know, very honest conversations. Now, should we have taken the vaccination? Should we have prevented this? These are the kinds of questions you have to ask yourself. Um, And I can honestly tell you at this point, and I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. At this point, I, yeah, no. You still have, uh, even at this point in our lives, you have a 99% chance of surviving if you get COVID. And no one seems to know about the vaccine. And it's getting more and more mysterious by the day. I'm getting more and more concerned about it. And um, I am not a scientist. And I never want to say, declare scientific things, even that I can't quite comprehend. But I have listened to some very fascinating uh, pieces. I'm sure many of you have too, because you've sent me a lot of things, those of you that listen and this um, yesterday, I listened to one uh, where the explanation was made that this is not—it's not a vaccine. It is just not a vaccine. It is actually a a little—and I'm not going to use the right scientific terms. I tell you this right now because I didn't know I was going to talk about this, and I didn't make notes on the terms. But it is—it is a an entity that is uh, transmitted because it's tiny. It's, it's transmitted through a shot because it can be. But it actually, um, it, 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 as you all know, it alters your DNA. You've heard that before. But it is not a vaccine. Uh, uh, it is not. It actually, no, I'm going to be careful what I say because, I, because it's important that I get it exactly correctly. So I'll just stop with that. That I understand. It is not a vaccine. They are saying it's a vaccine. They say that over and over again, but it's not. It does not work like a vaccine works. Uh, and so that may explain why it's not quite working. And I'll just leave it at that, because I, I can be sure about what I just said then, okay? So uh, some good friends sent me um, a, a, a video this morning. It's an hour and 20 minutes or 30 minutes, okay? So I, I obviously, I could not watch it all. I actually, someone else sent me a, a video of this same person yesterday, and I heard a little part of it. But this was an incredible presentation, Dr. David Martin and again, this is these are my lay explanations uh, c- gathered in haste of my show preparation this morning because it's just one of me. And it's, uh, you know, if I'm trying to listen to a 90-minute uh, tape and also prep for the show, you know, I can't, I can't, I just don't have enough bandwidth. But this is what I understand so far because I will listen to the whole thing. Dr. David Martin uh, is a man who works with an entity that tracks uh, the patents that are given on uh, living organisms, like um, like uh, this is I know this, but it's still weird to me. They've been allowing uh, people to patent uh, organisms uh, and also just medical processes. Um, uh, well, well, let's just say let's just make it in plain terms, like say vaccinations. Or uh, I can understand that patent of vaccination if you've gone through all of this experimentation and you come up with the right formula, then you'd want to patent it and own that. Uh, but they have actually patented weird things like, like for instance, when they're trying to make coronavirus 
much worse in humans. They have patented the processes. Dr. David Martin is, uh, I don't understand everything he does. I'll listen to this again and I will take notes. And we will, by the way, put the full video, which will be taken down. Of course it will be on Facebook. We'll put it, maybe we won't label it. Maybe, well, let's label it something else, Adam. Let's just publicly say we're going to label it, um, let's see, um, patents. Let's just label it, uh, uh, we'll label it something like that, but it'll have the word patents in it. So I'll think of something clever, and we won't put his name or anything, and maybe they won't catch it, and you can watch it. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, So, um, but his organization, uh, they know then who has the patents, uh, they are able to track the money made, at least in part. Uh, they know the requests. It's fascinating what they do. And he's talking to a group of, an international group, it's small, it's a Zoom call, uh, an international group of what appear to be leaders in their own countries, a German and others. I, again, quickly, I watched it, uh, but from the accents, uh, and Hispanic gentleman, I don't know he's from Spain, where he's from, <clears throat> so uh, others. And they're experts in this field, and he is reporting to them what he's finding. And so what he's finding is that, among other things, Dr. Fauci has been, you know, with through the CDC, uh, applying for these patents on COVID for years, for years, when the point that David Martin makes that this is not a novel coronavirus, that's an abject lie. This has been in existence for years, and it is manufactured. And at every turn when they manufacture or tweak it, someone has tried to patent it. And the patents have gone to the CDC. And the CDC have applied not only for the patents, but they've applied, don't ask me to explain this, but they've apply, applied for whatever process has to happen so that no one can see what they've done so that it's no one can even research this, how David Martin knows, I don't know. Uh, I, so I, I, I asked Adam to pull, we just got two minutes of it. Um, and I think this part, this is just two minutes. Um, and so, listen, I think you'll be able to comprehend this. I know you will. Um, but um, you'll get just a taste of how dramatic this video is. Let's listen. My favorite quote of this pandemic was a statement made in 2015 by Peter Daszak. Mm -hmm. The statement that was made by Peter Daszak in 2015, reported in the National Academies of Press publication, February 12th, 2016, and I'm quoting, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process." End quote. That's quite shocking because I thought that... Let me, let me just read that again just because I don't know if I might get lost in translation. So let me just go ahead and read it yeah, slowly. Please. Yeah. And as Americans love to do when speaking to a multilingual audience, maybe I should say it louder. I won't. <laughs> we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. 
A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. End quote. Then he goes on to say, someone says in the room, so all along, this has been about money. And Dr. David Martin says, yes, it's about money. So with the tiny bit that I've listened to this, this is what I'm understanding in my lay terms, is that the manipulation of coronavirus started, I think, back in 1990-something, I think he says. Uh, There is nothing novel about this form. And that Dr. Fauci, not just Fauci, but that's a name that he mentions, uh, were busy patenting these variations of the coronavirus and that these big drug companies were all in to what? Uh, what? That money, making money. So that the media would help, the hype would help, there would be this disease and everyone would need to get this, and these are my words now, everyone would need to get this vaccination and it would make a lot of money. So that's all I can tell you about it right now because that's all I can really repeat and comprehend without making mistakes, and I don't want to do that. And so we will put that link, and remember it's going to have the word patent in it, whatever we put, uh, not the link, but the description, just so you'll know. And um, so when you comment on it, uh, if you do comment on the Facebook page, just don't mention it, okay? Or maybe, you know, be cryptic. Don't mention his name. And so we'll just see if we can get around Facebook. Maybe they're listening because they are in D.C. and we are in D.C. Uh, talking. So uh, we'll just see how clever they are this time. And by the way, there's a headline this morning that Senator Rand Paul is sending criminal referral uh, of Fauci to the Department of Justice. Now, uh, we're not fools, are we? We know that Department of Justice is not going to seek justice. Nevertheless, it was the right thing to do, and uh, that's probably why Fauci, as I told you, got so angry with uh, with Rand Paul or Dr. Rand Paul in that hearing yesterday. We played you that interaction because he knows that he is in trouble. If this is all true, it would be true that people like Dr. Fauci, and with him being the one best known, manufactured this stuff to make lots of money, let people die and are continuing that lie. That's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. I'll be right back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, we don't have to engage in psychological brainwashing techniques and all this nonsense that the left traffics in because they're godless for the most part. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's how we fight. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. The purpose of government is to secure God-given or inalienable rights to man. America's premier historian, David Barton. John Dickinson, who's also a signer of the Constitution, he said, an inalienable right is a right which God gave to you and which no inferior power has a right to take away. 
Wall Builders Live captures the ideas of the Founding Fathers and then applies those ideas to the issues of today. Sunday morning at 1130 Central on American Family Radio. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Anyone notice a pattern here? Grace, mercy, and love all require truth. It is unloving to conceal or sidestep truth. Often, people avoid truth and use love as a justification, when in reality, their truth aversion is a self-preservation tactic. You cannot claim to love someone and simultaneously affirm them in a lie. The absence of truth nullifies the application of grace. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky contended this week that Dr. Anthony Fauci lied under oath when he previously denied having funded dangerous research in a Communist Chinese Party biological weapons lab. But Dr. Fauci did use taxpayer money to underwrite gain-of-function bioengineering in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, producing a coronavirus that has killed vast numbers of Americans and others around the world. Worse yet, Chinese defector Dr. Li Mingyan warns the CCP is using the techniques thus learned to develop viruses tailored to wipe out specific populations including ours. Dr. Fauci continues to deny his agency's role in enabling our mortal enemy's weapons of mass destruction program. Senator Paul, however, has called on the Justice Department to conduct a criminal investigation and, if warranted, prosecution. In the meantime, Tony Fauci should finally be removed from the government payroll. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
of you. You're wondering why I'm playing pictures at an exhibition written by Mussorgsky uh, in the, uh, you know, the turn of the century, turn of the 19th century. And just, you know, someone sent that to me yesterday. Uh, and that trumpet at the very beginning is a guy named Adolf Herseth. <clears throat> he was the principal trumpeter at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra for years. He would have been 100 years old. And uh, he has the most beautiful, beautiful, uh, um, sorry, <clears throat> sorry with my voice, <clears throat> the beautiful, beautiful trumpet sound. It's just incredible. And the, when I was listening to that, <clears throat> I was just reminded, I know that's not a Christian hymn. I know, you know, it doesn't even have words. Uh, but our God is, uh, we are created in his image, all of us, even those that don't know him personally. I don't know about Masorsky. And so we are created with that, um, with his creativity in us. And when man creates something so beautiful, there is a touch of God in it. And it just, it just washed over me. Like, uh, just the ability, the achievement. No, I'm not, not like the old Soviet achievement of man, uh, but the ability of man to create because God has given him that ability and created him in his image. And it just took me to a different place above all this other stuff because man is capable of such horrible things. We talk about that every day, but the creation of that piece by Mussorgsky is just uh, just beautiful. I want to just give you a breath of fresh air. All right, so um, uh, lots of email from you a lovely email about Bruce and I being sick, and I just wanted to share just a, a few things. This is from Carrie. She listens in Texas, as she said. Um, she just sent this. She's been praying, Isaiah 58, 8, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Just beautiful, Carrie. I appreciate that so much. And um, Kelly from Kansas, also praying. I just well, I know a lot of you are, so I can't go through this. But she just um, just sent a beautiful email talking about how she was praying, and that meant a lot to us, Kelly. Thank you. Um, then back from Keith, changing the subject a bit because we were talking about COVID. Keith says, "I work here in Columbus at one of, at one of the hospitals. Uh, he has included." Uh, I think it's Mount Carmel Hospital that's going to be mandating employees get vaccines. And Keith says it's very personal to him. He said, because I work at a different hospital, which has not announced yet, but I know mine's going to be next, and I'm afraid that I will have to seek a new job as I refuse to get the shot. Um, I have to say, I boy, I, I know so many people that have taken the vaccine, people that I love, my own son and his wife, um, and I certainly want it to be okay. And part of me hopes, you know, that um, that that we're wrong. That there, are, there, are, some of those vaccines are some of those non-vaccine vaccines, you know, are effective. But I just, I'm confused about it. I truly am. How is it then that suddenly, with all these vaccines, we're having another outbreak? And people who are vaccinated are now supposed to wear masks and are told that they can get it again. What's the point? What's the point? So um, this is from uh, Kira. She had she said lovely things too, and uh, she said my husband and I both had COVID in December. Pretty bad case. Really wiped us out for about a month, and we've had a long term issue with continued loss and then decrease in smell and taste and stamina, and some neuro- neurological stuff. Uh, anyway, it was on the tail end of my illness that I was able to get a hold of frontline doctors and order hydro- hydroxychloroquine. COVID was trying to settle in my lungs. I could feel it, and I was it was scary. 
By the way, in that uh, tape that I sent you, that Dr. David uh, Martin that I played just a little bit of a few minutes ago, uh, he says that this COVID that they developed is lung targeting. It's somebody messed with it so that it will target the lungs. Oh, that's pretty personal to me, given that my husband has had a bout and still struggling with COVID pneumonia. How dare they? What What's happening? How, uh, this, this just, um, if this is true, and I have to say it that way, because how do I know? If it's true that they manufactured this and unleashed it on the world, this is nothing short of, this truly is Nazi-esque. This is the experimentation. Only him, I guess, the Nazis, at least, I would say, you know, at least the Nazis just wanted to kill Jews. They weren't trying to get rich. So, you know, think of it that way. If there's a moral, like, line or ruler, maybe they're slightly better than what may have happened here, if it's true. Uh, So, anyway, so... Back to Kira, she says uh, she got hydro- hydroxychloroquine through frontline doctors, and then she also took zinc, and uh, she said it stopped it from settling in the lungs. And uh, so uh, let me just say, some of you wrote and asked me to re- repeat again, if you can find frontline doctors uh, if uh, by d- using DuckDuckGo Googling, but you have to look a minute, okay, so... Because you'll Google and it'll come up, but you have to go down a bit. Make sure you're looking at Frontline Doctors, their their website. And when you see that, you'll see all kinds of information on their page. If you are sick, uh, you can make an appointment for consultation. Uh, it will cost you the consultation, but it's not much. It's $100. Uh, and then you tell them your situation, and they will they will help, they will have a doctor that is licensed in your state, and they will help you get the medication that you need. If you just want um, ivermectin is the drug that I mentioned that seems to be preeminent uh, right now. That doesn't mean hydroxychloroquine is not effective, but ivermectin is both a prophylactic, meaning that it helps prevent you from getting it, but it also is treatment for people that have uh, have COVID. So that my husband is on ivermectin, thank God, because of frontline doctors and because of our Chinese Christian doctor whose praises I will sing for the rest of my life was willing to give it to him, and I'm on Ivermectin too. I had COVID, but not as badly as my husband. So um, so Ivermectin is the name of the drug, but frontline doctors is where you go, okay? And that's how you can get help. And even if you're not, you know, if you've not gotten sick yet, uh, I think you might want to consider, since it does seem to be increasing, and since the doctors where you go to the hospitals won't give you good treatment, and neither will your private physicians. They're, they're, the, the doctors who will actually treat you with effective medicines are few and far between. And, I, and so, just, uh, so just take precautions, okay? And um, this is from Jennifer in West Virginia. She said, this is about my aunt. It, it, um, she's 78 years old, had health problems in the past, but was doing fine. She lived alone, was very active, and made several trips per week to the grocery store. She took her second vaccine just a few weeks ago, and her funeral is now being planned. Her health regressed each and every day until her kidneys failed. There are other people in our community who have nearly died after taking that second vaccine. 
One of the Bible teachers from our church wrote a letter to the editor of our local newspaper asking people to do their research and be informed. It wasn't a letter that was inflammatory in any way. The editor wouldn't print it. Uh, Sandy, please keep doing what you're doing. You are brave and honest, and we depend on you. Um, okay, Jennifer, you know I will. And uh, so here's the thing. We are we are living in different times and a new rules. And uh, it means that you have to be resourceful, and you probably should tell your friends, those that have ears to listen, <clears throat> that they need to be getting on medications that can actually help them. And if you... Um, um, yeah, and you can also call and ask your your hospital what they what uh, treatments they give. I listen. I know this is hard. You know, to be honest with you, medicine is something I have no interest in. I have never been fascinated by people's surgeries or their conditions. It just I, my eyes glaze over. I don't want to hear the details. I don't find it fascinating. I find it tedious. Uh, so it, it's hard, you know, to take this on when it's not your natural bent. And we shouldn't have to. We have medical personnel to do that. But I find that the medical personnel are uh, either intentionally part of the deception or they bought into it. So, um, uh, Pat asked me, what can we do about this same thing we're talking about? I'm starting to feel helpless. I do know that God is in control, and I know the end of the story, but what can we do now to protect ourselves and those we love? I I think I've answered that in part, Pat about going to frontline doctors and getting preventative care. Uh, but also, look, um, this is true. I guess it's easy for me to say now, but it isn't really. I knew when I thought I might lose my husband last week that I might really lose my husband. Just because I am a believer in Jesus doesn't mean that at this point in time he's going to hear my prayer and heal my husband. Uh, listen, I went through that with my daughter who never got better. Uh, it was uh, 20 years of getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, so God does not always grant us the desires of our heart here. So I'm very practical about that. Um, but the the point that, the, the thing that God gives us as believers in Christ is that abiding faith, not just in in this life, it isn't just about our well-being here and our health here, there's a much bigger picture here. There's eternity. There's a continuum of all that's happened before and all that will happen in the future, whether we are alive in these bodies or not. And so I do try, I literally do trust him. I trust him in life and I trust him in death. I trust him if I'm breathing my last breath. I'm practicing that. I'm practicing that now in my life, that trust. And so don't, don't live in fear, Pat. Don't. I'm just don't live in fear. Uh, naturally, we don't want to lose our loved ones and we don't want to die a painful death or not. We don't, but God will give strength and power. I said, fight for good health, fight for good medical care. Now (laughs) I believe in doing that, but ultimately look, our hands, our lives are in his hands anyway. You know, you could have a car accident today. Um, and, um, and so don't, I just don't believe that we should be inordinately worried about it. And I, I do think, um, when we start doing that, it just, we need to, it's time to have a conversation with God about your relationship with him. It's time to get in the word and remember who he is. (laughs) He's omniscient. He is in control of everything. He will be a God of justice. There will be justice for all of this. You can take that to the bank, to the eternal bank, that there will be justice for 
if all the things that we have suggested might be true are true this morning, there will be justice. And um, what was the famous uh, old uh, evangelist of the the 19th century? It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Well, all these uh, mockers and smilers on television uh, who think they've got it all in hand, they have no idea. And so get your heart right so that, you know, you don't have to fear death. And then, and then don't, don't be afraid. Take measures, but keep it balanced. You know, keep your thoughts about it balanced. This is from Lucy. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of quick ones here. Lucy says, um, thanks so much for informing us. It's a wake-up call. My son Johnny is incarcerated, and he listens every day to your show, learning so much. Johnny, wherever you are, um, I thank you for listening. I don't know what your circumstances are. I'm going to assume you're guilty, okay? I, I, maybe I'm wrong because maybe you're, maybe you're not at all, but let's assume that you are. I know that you know that uh, if you confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive us your sins and to remember them no more. So... I bet you sorted that part out, but I just want to remind you that everyone is a sinner and uh, God has a new start for you uh, serving him. That's what I think, else you wouldn't be listening to the show. And God bless you for listening. Um, let's see. Oh, someone from Michigan, Lynn, Lynn wrote and said that uh, Joe Biden came for the National Cherry Festival and they thought the airport gates would be crowded, but there were only six people. <laughs> there were only six people there. So I just thought that was funny. And I wanted to share you. And Goochland County said hi. They were at uh, the January 6th uh, protest last Saturday at the D.C. jail. My, my, my good friends in Goochland, thank you guys for doing that. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.